最辛苦太多，双负超过了百分之二十。喂，黑黑羊，黑羊。This is what they felt like when it happened, and today, it's how we should feel too. Because what it meant for them, it means for us. Is that how you feel this morning? Amen. Amen. That excitement, that that expectation, that. Bewilderment, the thoughts that, that anything is now possible, or, or possibly could you be somewhere else? Why, why are you here this morning? I mean, obviously it's Easter. Are you here because of what you do on Easter? Because of what you do on Sunday? Maybe you're here because someone dragged you here. And they said, it's Easter. And we're going to worship as a family. Maybe this morning you're here, but you're not here. You're distracted. Maybe you're thinking, I hope he's not long-winded. i got a roast on. <laughs> Maybe your mind is somewhere completely different. Like the characters in our text this morning. This morning we are in a very familiar chapter in the book of John, in the 20th chapter. There, starting in verse 1, it says, On the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb early, while it was still dark. She saw that the stone had been removed from the tomb, so she ran to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one who Jesus loved, and said to them, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they put him. At that, Peter and the other disciple went out heading for the tomb. The two were running together, but the other disciple outran Peter and got to the tomb first. Stooping down, he saw the linen cloths lying there, yet he did not go in. Then following him, Simon Peter came also. He entered the tomb and saw the linen cloths lying there. The wrapping that had been on his head was not lying with the linen cloth, but was folded up in a separate place by itself. The other disciple who had reached the tomb first then entered the tomb, saw, and believed. For they still did not understand the scripture that he must rise from the dead. Then the disciples went home again. Let's pray this morning. Father God, we come to you right now and we thank you. We praise you for your blessings. Father, we ask you now that you would take this time and use it for your glory. Father, use me as a vessel with the words that I speak be yours and yours alone. Father, thank you for loving us. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. And all God's people said. Amen. This week, much like last week, this sermon came from five words in our text. Five words that intrigued me. Five words that may sometimes describe me. While it was still dark. I know it's a physical description. There's a literal time of day here. It is honestly the time that, that Mary Magdalene is going to the tomb 
And he's given these details to make sure that people know that what he is saying is true. I understand the physical nature of this, but also when you read the book of John, you become accustomed to the fact that he doesn't just talk about physical things. There is a duality in John. He means multiple things. And here, there is also a description of where the disciples are spiritually. It was still dark. Mary is headed toward the tomb. And she's probably in a pretty dark place. The teacher is dead. He had rescued her from demons. He had showed her love like no man had ever showed her love. He was the one who had promised to change the world and, and now he's gone. He's buried. He's in a tomb. She's going to try to do what she can do, but there's nothing left. I imagine as she's on the way there, there are lots of things swirling through her mind. What if the demons come back? She had tried other people. She had gone to doctors. She had tried other religious folks and nobody could get it done. Jesus had made the demons leave. What if they come back? What if I have to deal with that all over again? What's Rome going to do? What's the Sanhedrin going to do? I'm sure for Mary it was dark. The disciples have been hiding for three days. John watched Jesus die on the cross as he stood next to Jesus' mom and watched the one that he had followed, the one that loved him, die on the cross. He had watched it happen. He knew that he was dead. Peter had denied him not once, not twice, but three times just a few days earlier. And we know from later in the chapter that they're fearful for their own lives. Hope had died on that cross. They had so many hopes pinned on Jesus. And Jesus was the Messiah. And to them that meant He was going to destroy Rome. He was going to get their freedom. They were going to have the land back. Everything was going to be good. They were going to be the ones in charge. It was going to be good. Hope had died on that cross. And now, they're in darkness. You know, sometimes the followers of God walk through darkness. We're not immune to it. You know, we, we, we want to tell people, follow Jesus and everything is okay. And yes, everything will be okay. But it's not always okay. Sometimes it's dark. Sometimes you go through things. Maybe it's a bad diagnosis. <coughs> Maybe it's bad finances. Maybe it's a wayward child. Maybe it's a struggle with the demon that you've been fighting for as long as you can remember. We're not immune to the darkness of the world. The darkness of the world wants to seep in and overtake what's going on in our lives. The darkness wants to make us think there is no hope. Wants to make us think we should just give up. That we should just stop because guess what? It's just getting darker. If you haven't noticed, if you haven't looked out at this world, it's just getting darker. People are falling. And we're not immune. But just like the original disciples, the resurrection brings light into the darkness. Can you imagine that morning? Can you imagine everything that you ever thought was gone? He's dead. All of my hope is gone. I, I, I've always been drawn to the story of Mary because of all the things that 
she had went through. Of all the people that followed Jesus, I look at this woman and I think, she had the most to be fearful of. And she is there thinking, it is all over. And I don't know what to do. But she was up doing what she could. You know, in a moment, the disciples go from darkness to hopefulness. From defeat to ultimate victory. Their world changed. Everything they knew has turned upside down because the story isn't over. He finished the work on the cross, but now a new work begins. Something else is happening. Resurrection changes everything. Mary doesn't have to fear the return of the demons. The disciples don't have to fear the failure of a mission. Darkness has, has obliterated death. Nothing's there. Nothing will ever be the same. Darkness, death, sin, all gone the moment that stone rolled away. The moment that God said, my child, come out. Everything changed. The resurrection brings meaning to the good news. It assures us of the forgiveness of sins. The resurrection is the bill of sale for the payment that took place on the cross of Calvary. That is the resurrection. The resurrection brings joy to a life filled with problems. Because I'm still going to have problems. And things are still going to happen. But Jesus has overcome. But Jesus destroyed all of those things. The resurrection assures us a future and a hope. The resurrection brings up light into the darkness of life. And the same resurrection still has power today. Amen. It is still a power we can call on today. The disciples, it says, went home again. I know you're always thinking, you picked the weirdest verses. That last verse says, the disciples went home again. Why does that stand out to me? Because they didn't stay at the tomb. They didn't stop their lives because of the resurrection. They went home again. There's a new normal. It continues on. They took the resurrection with them. One went home believing. One went home hopeful. But they both went home changed. We don't come to the tomb on Easter to remember an event that happened to other people. We don't come simply to hear stories of faith. We come on Resurrection Sunday to participate in the power of the resurrection. Maybe you're here this morning and everything seems dark. Maybe you're struggling. Maybe it took everything you had to get here. Maybe, like Mary, you're going through the motions. Get up, take my shower, or at least wet my hair. Comb it, style it, get dressed. Go to church, because that's where I'm supposed to be. But I can't let anybody know that my life is falling apart. I can't let anybody know what the struggles that I'm going through. I, I can't let them know that I can't do it on my own. Because I'm supposed to claim that I have God and it's okay. And so as long as and that, that's, that's the line I'm supposed to give. And so I can't let people know about the struggle. Maybe for you it's still dark. You know, Mary, she couldn't do anything except for take care of the body of Jesus. 
And although we don't see them here, we know from the other Gospels that there were other ladies along with Mary. These ladies who had more guts than the fellows <laughs> were out there at the tomb that morning to do what they could do. It didn't matter what anybody else was going to think. It didn't matter that there were Roman soldiers guarding the place. It didn't matter that the, the stone was there and it was sealed. It didn't matter because they needed to do something. They were going through the motions. They were doing what they could do. Maybe that's where you are. It's still dark. But your story doesn't have to end there. Your story doesn't have to end in the darkness. While it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb. But by the end of that morning, her life was changed. By the end of that morning, something was different. The tomb is empty. He is risen. That means you don't have to stay in darkness. The empty tomb means that God's promises are true. All of them. They're all true. The empty tomb means that death is not the end. It's one thing to raise other people. It's one thing to say, Lazarus, come forth. It's one thing to say, little girl, get up. It's another thing entirely when you are raised on your own with nobody else saying to do it. It brings hope to a hopeless world. It brings, says that salvation is real and available to all. It says that hell does not win. The resurrection reminds us that there is nothing too big for our God. If God can defeat death and sin and darkness, there is no obstacle in this world that He cannot overcome. God is bigger than your diagnosis. God is bigger than your finances. God is bigger than your family situation. God is bigger than whatever demon He has been tormenting you your entire life. The resurrection is God's promise to you that He will overcome and you will be victorious. There is still power in the resurrection for us today. And we should be shining it from the rooftops. In fact, here you go, young people, you're going to love this. Get your phone out. Get you a group, whatever group you want to send something to. And send them this message. You just saw it up there on the screen. The tomb is empty. I'm not as fast as you young people. <laughs> Jesus is risen. I don't care if they're in church. They're supposed to be worshiping Jesus anyway. They need to hear the good news. Send the message out. Shout it from the rooftops. Jesus is alive. There's nothing that can stop our God. What does that mean today? It means that if you know Jesus, it means you can rest in the knowledge that He will overcome. Your life is in His hands. Whatever you go up against, whatever is going on, whatever it is that you think is too big, is not too big for God. But if you don't know Jesus today, it means there is a hope for you like no other. It means there is a hope that you can't find anywhere else. I was asked one time by a youth, 
How do you know that your way is the right way? My way is the only way that takes care of the problem of sin and death. Mohammed is dead. I can take you to his grave. Buddha is dead. I can take you to his grave. The Hindu gods, nobody even knows how many of them there are. But my God, my Jesus, he died on the cross, but he didn't stay dead. He didn't stay dead. And he can resurrect your life today. If you don't know Jesus and you are struggling in the darkness, if there is sin that is tearing you apart and you just want to be free, you felt alone, you feel like you're struggling and you don't know how to get through it, now's the time you say, I need to know Jesus. There is no better time to know Jesus than the day of his resurrection. Because man, the power is there to resurrect your life, to resurrect your dreams, to resurrect your hopes, to resurrect everything that you thought was lost. Jesus can give it to you. Maybe this morning, maybe you've been struggling. And you just need to give it to God this morning. You need to rest in His promises. Do that. Maybe you want to pray. The altar's open. I'll pray with you. Maybe you want to serve in missions or ministry. Maybe you want to join this church of membership. But maybe this morning you've never known Jesus. You've never known the one who died on a Friday and rose again on a Sunday. You've never known the one who took death and put it under His foot and demolished it forever. If you don't know Him, Now's the time to know him. Don't go one more day. We're not promised tomorrow. We're not promised an hour from now. We're promised this moment. Come to know Jesus right now. And wherever you're at, whatever you need, give it to him. Let's pray. Father God, we come to you right now. We thank you and we praise you for your blessings.